Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Hello and welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today... Today's a saucy one. Today's a really, really good one. Um, I am sitting down with Justin, who I, I feel like I say this every time, but it's so true. Um, if you guys are not on the Clubhouse app, you need to get up on that because incredible, incredible entrepreneurs and just like-hearted people are on there. And Justin, I know that you are one of them. And I'm going to pass the mic to you and just kind of like share your, your overall like intro and then we'll get into the, the heat of it. I appreciate it. I mean, I do think what you shared about Clubhouse is interesting, right? Because I, I'm a realist. Well, I'll tell you high level who I am and why I think Breakfast with Champions is so powerful. Um, my name is Justin Conoco. I live in a city called London, Ontario, well, just outside the city. But most people would know London if you looked at a map and you went to, say, Michigan and you went just over the Canadian border, you'd land in London and surrounding areas. So I own a real estate brokerage and a production company with my amazing wife. Um, we do a, a significant territory. So I get to see sales and marketing from all aspects of life. We do everything in the world when it comes to real estate. We were just talking about New York. Uh, my yep. mentor, actually, you can see him back there is Ryan Surhan in New York. Um, so really looking to learn from giants in the industry and Breakfast with Champions has been that. I've never seen a place in my life where you have a round table of talent like that room has. I mean, Liza Borges was talking yesterday about acquiring, I think it was a Honda and a, a Chevy dealer. Ship and what that process looked like and her organizational structure. And I'm like, I'm taking tips from that and looking at our organizational structure and you know how we can scale culture and what we stand for, their core values into our business. So I'm not really a real estate agent. I kind of just play one on TV. Um, I like to think of myself as a servant leader or somebody mm-hmm. that's in a position to serve other people with my wife. Um, so I guess that's the 30,000 foot view. Mm, I love it. I love it. And I kind of wanted to talk about your journey, right? Because it wasn't, you know, all rainbows and butterflies getting to where you are. So I guess kind of kind of go into that, like where you kind of started. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's never rainbows and butterflies for people, right? Even in the position mm-hmm. that I'm in now, a lot of agents, you know, coming into the industry would say they want to get to where we are because we do a large amount of volume and our market leaders in our city. But I tell them, like, it still comes with challenges. I had four massive challenges that would probably break somebody um, in our industry today and not even phased about it because it's why we're here. So my journey started. I was born and raised in Montreal. Uh, My dad actually worked for a company called DuPont and was in x-ray technology. So non-destructive testing at the time, right? So he would sell the film for the x-ray equipment at the at the hospitals and military equipment testing and stuff like that too. And anyways, long story short, DuPont decided to close the office after he moved his family to Montreal um, from Toronto. And I was obviously son, so I was there too. And I watched him as a kid, you know, take a risk and open up a company from scratch. So he bought the supply that they had. So the actual like hardcore inventory, 
mm-hmm. and the list of clients because he's like, well, I'm good at sales. I may as well just continue to do this. And I watched him build the company from the ground up um, ethically and really in an industry where people aren't always ethical, right? Like there's a lot of probably bribes and behind the scenes stuff that happened, but you just wake up every day, go to work, wake up every day, go to work, just a consistency of character and kind of what he was building. And long story short, um, he built something pretty cool there. And when I was about 18, 19, um, I had gone through a bit of a journey where I wasn't hanging out with the right kids and I was doing things that I shouldn't really be doing. And, you know, I always would find myself in situations where I had to make decisions in my life of, you know, do I want to go down this path and be like these people or do there's something more in life? And I always felt there was something more in life. I attribute that today to my faith because I find that three, four times in my life, God's been like, hey, like you can go down this door, this door. I'm not going to make the choice for you. So at that point in time, actually, I left Montreal when I was 18. Um, I came to London, Ontario. Oh, that's a long time ago now. It would have been December 13th, actually, 2000. And my sister was going to school here in kinesiology and going to Western. She's like, oh, come and, you know, fresh start, really cool city. Like maybe you can just see what's out there for you. So I took a digital imaging and animations course, super techie, light computers. Thought I was going to be like a video game designer or something like that. I learned very quickly. I don't have the patience to sit in front of a screen for a very long time, which is funny because I shoot podcasts now. <laughs> um, but like programming in a dark room, just not cut out for it mentally. I need stimulation to like people uh, more mm-hmm. creative. And I actually got into the hospitality industry. What I found though, because I was in that industry was I kind of fell right back into old habits, right? Hospitality is mm-hmm. a very fast-paced industry, very late nights, and you're around a lot of substances, which is fine for some people, but I have very addictive personality. So I would have deemed what I consider now to be alcohol abuse. And then I got into drug abuse and some other things too, where it seems innocuous at the time too. And even talking about it now, a lot of people would be afraid to share it because they'd be like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I got this perception that I have to uphold, but it's a bigger part of my story. Now, looking back that I went through that, that I was able to self-identify to get myself out of that situation. So God gave me a second chance to be like, you've done I left the city. I actually got sober. I um, went back to Montreal for about eight months and then came back and it was the next opportunity. What do you want to accomplish? Mm. And I really got cleaned up my life at that point from the issues I was dealing with. And I started still kind of just getting on the typical hamster wheel, right? So I was still working for the company, the bosses that I had. Like, even if you knew me back then, you probably wouldn't know what I'm telling you now because I was a very a high functioning, call it addict at the time. Um, And I came back and I was high functioning without the addict part at the time or what the world would deem as an addiction. And I ended up going right back into that lifestyle. Now that alcohol piece was the one that I I still had around me and the world doesn't deem alcohol as something addictive when you're out there in the public, right? Obviously Mm -hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous and all those programs exist for a reason. I just, I realized really quickly that you know, I was just on that hamster wheel living for the world. I had a really good job, really good mentor at the time, Mike Smith, Ron, like all those guys that were foundational to the character who I am today. But I was really in this environment where I was kind of hitting the ceiling, right? I did every job in the company, managed multiple locations. I was the marketing and administrative coordinator for the marketing programs we were doing. I was a manager. I had a really good job. But I met my wife um, and my wife's mother at the time who were instrumental to making that connection back to God with me that I was always searching for. And I always kept feeling like he was there, but I was looking at the version of him that the world thinks exists. You know, you do this, you get that, you do this, you go to heaven versus the relationship or the direct line communication that I feel like I have now that really led to me 
asking him like, what, what is there? Like, what else do you want from me? Like what impact can I have in the world? And he answered me very clearly um, in the form of my wife. And she ended up, we were at that point in our careers, we were going to start a family and didn't plan on it, but we were going to have a child and we were married and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what does the future look like? And we mapped it out and we're like, well, you know, I, I could potentially keep working in this position, maybe buy one of the restaurants, become an equity partner. But like, how does that change my lifestyle? It doesn't. I'm still working super late nights, never really homes on weekends, holidays. Like when the world is enjoying time off, I'm not. And I'm in an industry that I know is not the best for my health, right? And Mm. got out of that industry um, and to real estate, my wife kind of tricked me into it. She meant she, we looked at like franchises and restaurants and all kinds of different things because my wife's a powerhouse um, she's an MBA from Ivy, which is a very difficult school to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And she kept mentioning real estate and long story short, got my license, did a couple of transactions. And then she really dropped the hammer on me in terms of creating a company unlike anything that existed in real estate. Because typically the broker of record just hires agents, takes a portion of their commission, isn't really active in production. Or you do have a team lead that's active in production and they just send deals to their agents and they don't really get involved. I always wanted to be in production more so than that, we wanted to create a platform and a company that if Danielle called me or Danielle didn't know me, you would look at us the same way you looked at Nike or Apple or Starbucks. Like you would just see the logo and you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah okay. Like I, I understand the level of service that you get, um, which is where I took probably everything that I learned in the first two decades of my life. I would not change any of it for the world because it equipped me for what I'm doing today. And now really that's where our North Star is. Um, the founding principle of our brokerage is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. So every day we wake up thinking, how do we serve the organization? How do we serve the community? How do we serve our clients? How do we serve our agents? Um, and we, it's really changed my entire life. And this is why when things go sideways on me, I don't get upset because I find that that North Star really helps. Well, I think you, I mean, you said a, a ton of stuff that were like, like incredible, incredible nuggets for sure. But I kind of wanted to go also get into, for those people that are looking to, you know, serve others or just like trying to get out of their own way, mm-hmm. right? They're struggling, not in the same aspects as you did. What kind of tips would you give them to step into their power? I'd say they, they have to do the inner work first, right? Like they have to really start being authentic with themselves in terms of what their ambitions are, like actually are, but then more so than that, what their actual actions are. I think people have a tendency of lying to themselves about who they are and what they're prepared to accomplish right now. And because they're looking at the world with say rose colored glasses or a distorted view of who they are, when they don't achieve the things they want to achieve, they loathe themselves for it, right? So mm-hmm. I'll give you a, a point of clarity. So myself, for example, you know, I try and maintain a level of fitness and health. I try to be conscious of what I eat. I'm very conscious of my sleep cycle and my calendar, my time blocking, and all the things, right? All the things you heard me talk about on Breakfast with Champions. Yeah. I actually was walking out of the house this morning. I'm like, I need to put out some more content around like when I'm not hitting it right when I am eating takeout, when I'm not hitting my calendar and things are are falling apart. Because it happens to everybody, right? Now, we live in a world where people are very fake online about, man, look at me, I'm on the grind, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. And they don't show the other side of it. I'm like, that's a really bad narrative to show people because 
when they don't hit their time blocks perfectly and they're like, well, Justin does, but I don't really like, I, I do mo- like more than normal people because the foundation's there, but it's really important that, you know, that my health coach, for example, I was talking to him yesterday and I messaged him because I, I pay for a coach because I want accountability. Right. And I was like, yeah, exercises yesterday went really well. I'm like, my diet fell off the rails. I'm like, I was shooting a property till five. I ended up going to a little restaurant called Grog's, ordered pizza and wings. He's like, what are your goals? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, what are the goals that you told me last week? I'm like, well, mobility, flexibility. I'm working through a bit of a hip issue. But he's like, yeah, you're, it's not body composition, right? And I'm like, no. He's like, so why do you care? And I'm like, you're right. He's like, yeah. He's like, live your life. He's like, you know, understand what you're going through now. He's like, don't do that every day. But like, also don't beat yourself up over that. So I think getting clarity around your ambitions, actions that it's going to take to get to your ambitions, and then being radically transparent with yourself about, you know, what you're doing to move towards your goals. Boom. You heard it. Like, I hope you guys are writing notes because I think that was, that was great. Um, and in, so for in the industry that you are in, in real estate, what is the top major tip that you can give to anybody that's getting into that industry? Because it's, it's, it's a doggy dog world in your industry. Cause I, I know, cause my, you know, my, my, my mom's retired from education, but she works in real estate part-time. So I can, I oh, okay. see it. That's so awesome. I, yeah. It's, it is doggy dog for sure. It doesn't have to be right. It only is if that's how you approach it. Um, I'd say pick up your phone. I mean, that's the number one thing every mm-hmm. agent, you know, like I'll get agents that come to me from other brokerages cause they're looking for an opportunity and they just, they see us producing and I, they don't understand what my company is. Like I don't really recruit. It's not how mm. we're built, but I do have a hard mm. heart with them sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing to get business? And they're like Facebook ads and Google and this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, how many people do you have in your database? And most of them say a couple hundred at least. Well, when's the last time you called those people? They're like, mm. oh, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, you want new leads yet. You got hundreds of people in your database. I give me a database of a hundred people and a telephone and I'll find probably, you know, 40 or 50 deals not that they're all going to sell their houses, but each one of those people knows 150 people. And it's not that I'm going to just call them and say, hey, it's Justin. Do you know anybody that wants to buy or sell real estate? Because I think the days of that type of calling are long gone. But I can Mm. tell you those people that I'm going to call and check in on and see how they're doing and listening to the problems they have are going to be in proximity to other people when it comes to time to remember, they're going to say, oh yeah, you know what? Justin's in real estate. Give him a call. That's how it actually happens. So I think just show up every day and pick up the phone. So pick up the phone, period. I love that. Yeah, um, so to kind of close out, uh, I love asking this question to everybody at the interview because it's always like, it's always interesting to hear what they say. If you wrote a book, what would the title of your book be? Oh man, I've never yep. even asked this question. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. Oh, oh I know. 1% forever. That's what mm. I call it. Because it's not about okay. getting 100% better in one day. It's about 1% better per day forever. I love that 1%. Also, I could see it. I could see it in the bookstores for sure. <laughs> but um, lastly, where can my listeners um, find you? They, wanna- they can go to Instagram or YouTube. I think that's the two easiest places to find me at justin.conico. I reply to all my DMs on IG. YouTube is really where I'm putting a lot of this, right? How I create content, how I look at time blocking productivity. Um, JustinConico.com, my website actually has free resources. I don't have a funnel. I don't sell courses. I just had a lot of people asking me for the same stuff over and over. So we've been dropping action guides 
like how to tell stories, how to time block your day, you know, the content creation thing. There's actual like full-blown editorials that you can download for free um, and see a little glimpse into my crazy mind. (laughs) Perfect. I'll put every, all your links in my show notes. And again, if you guys loved this episode, please tag the two of us. We'll share it on our social media, but I appreciate you so much, Justin. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it, Danielle. And I will see you in the morning. Yeah. See you in the morning.